Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of tonight's show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have asked about different occupations and areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset by utilizing the gifts that are seen in their name when we use nameology science. So how does someone express their creative talents, and how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that everyone benefits? Our expert tonight is Julie Ryan, who has developed her genius in the area of mediumship. Julie Ryan is a businesswoman, an inventor, an author, and a serial entrepreneur. Her surgical device inventions are sold globally, and she has founded nine companies in six areas, including medical, natural gas, advertising, long-term care, compliance, and data breach prevention industries. The most amazing thing about Julie, though, is that she learned how to be a psychic and a medical intuitive who can sense what medical conditions and illnesses a person has and facilitate energetic healings. Julie communicates with spirits both alive and dead. She can scan animals, access people's past lives, remove ghosts from homes and other buildings, and she can tell how close someone is to death. She's written about these abilities in her book, Angelic Attendance, What Really Happens as We Transition from This Life into the Next. Each week, Julie scans callers on her Ask Julie Ryan podcast, which is heard by people in numerous countries throughout the world. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Julie. Thanks so much. I'm delighted to be with you this evening. Thanks for the invitation. Ah, I'm thrilled that you're here. What did you do in order to learn how to be a psychic and a medical intuitive? Because most of the time we think, ah, people are born with that. But you actually studied it and developed a talent. What did you do? Well, I went to formal classes, actually, for uh, at least six years of classes, and then I've just developed and refined and enhanced my skills over the past 25 years. So it was a curriculum that was devised by a woman who was a former NASA physicist named Barbara Brennan, 
and she has a school in Florida where one can get a bachelor's degree in medical intuitive healing. And that fascinated me. And I found one of her graduates in Nashville named Susan Austin Crumpton, and she has a, a school called the Estuary and the School of Healing Arts. And uh, it sounds like something from Harry Potter, doesn't it? But it's really not. <laughs> and then <laughs> she... she uh, uh, taught me and has become my mentor and dear friend over the past 25 years. So can anyone learn to do what you're doing? Absolutely. Yes. We're all born with intuition and with psychic abilities. And a great example, Sharon, would be, have you ever thought of somebody and then out of the blue you ran into them very soon thereafter or they called just out of the blue? And uh, I think most of us have experienced that, and that's just our psychic ability. We connect with that person telepathically, and they either show up or they call, or we talk to them, or people say, well, that's just serendipity. Well, it's not. It's our intuitive abilities. Well, you put in approximately six years developing your skills and learning how to be a psychic or a medical intuitive. So is that a normal time period that it takes most people, or do people take normally longer or shorter than that? Well, I think everybody's different, and I didn't learn necessarily skill sets of you do this this way and you do that that way. I learned more about energy and personalities and and really one of, I was talking to somebody earlier today about this, one of the things that was really hammered into me during my study was to always be self-correcting and to not put my own feelings or emotions or opinions into the information that I receive. So similar to a jet when it's flying across the country, certainly it uses the instruments on board but it's always self-correcting. You hear about jets don't fly in a straight line. <laughs> they kind of veer off course, and then they're brought back to the, to the uh, route. And so I, when I'm scanning somebody, my word, uh, either medically or, or for a past life or spirit guides or they want to talk to a deceased loved one, I'm always self-correcting. I'm always asking questions that will validate and verify the information that I'm receiving. So my curriculum was learning about the general way that energy works and those kinds of things. And then the student is left to develop their own nuances and their own skills of how the information comes to them. So you develop businesses in six different areas. And it took you approximately six years of study for you to be able to do what you're doing now. So is there something magical or special about the number six for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> and during the six years that I was learning to be psychic and a medical intuitive, certainly that my um, skill sets were developing along the way. And I talk about that in my book, as you alluded to in the, in the introduction, but I, information started coming to me and it, and then it it grew and got more enhanced as as I went further into it and started working on people and practicing and and doing it like that even to this day I believe my skills continue to be enhanced even after 25 years uh in the past year or so I've started working with patients who are cancer patients and I've worked with cancer patients all along, but one of the healings that I see now is I see their DNA get resequenced. It's called genome editing. And I work with uh, world-famous geneticists to help me understand what it is I'm seeing, and they have medical definitions for the things I see in my head. And so it's really fun to talk with doctors and and other scientists about the things I see in my head and then to get them validated and or named by scientific phenomenon or scientific formulas or, or things that happen along those ways. And that skill with working with people's DNA has just come in in the past year. But interestingly well, enough, I, I studied with these, these world-famous geneticists for three years before I started seeing it. And I didn't know why. I just knew I was interested in it. 
And then uh, I believe it was last May, I was working with a client in Australia, and all of my scans are done remotely. And uh, and her, she had a child that had cancer, and I watched this DNA stuff happening, and I thought, holy moly, this is really something. And now I understood, and th- at that point I understood why I'd been led to learn more about this genetic work. Do you need reinforcements along the way, like, I want to backtrack for just a second before you answer that question is when you stated that, you know, you had to learn how not to get your own opinion in there and just report what you were seeing. That is the hardest thing when I'm sharing nameology science and training somebody new in that they want to put in what they think they already know about somebody. And I go, where is that in the letters? That's not there. You can't say that. So it's, it's a real skill being able to keep yourself out. Well, right. It's called transference. And I think, psychologists and psychiatrists are taught it when they're training and and so much of what goes on I think in those areas as well as in the the um, healing arts areas it's got it's so important I think to avoid transference because what what one is seeing for instance I see things in my head it's like I'm looking at an x-ray or a ct scan or an mri when I'm scanning somebody medically and uh, for me, I have to pay attention to what the information is coming through, and I have to put it in a way so that it's understandable to the person with whom I'm working in a way that they can receive it instead of putting my spin on it that perhaps would have a negative effect. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very cognizant of that and very committed to, to avoiding transference as much as humanly possible. Yeah, and it's tough. So in a really quick answer, um, because we're running out of time here for this first segment, um, can you turn your abilities on and off, or are they always on? No, I turn them on and off at will uh, for several reasons, Sharon. The first one is I don't believe it's ethical for me to scan somebody without their permission. Number two, it's really none of my business. And number three, I don't really want to know. (laughs) Because imagine (laughs) being in a crowd of people and getting information on everybody in the crowd. That would be crazy. So, no, I turn it on and off at will. It takes me a nanosecond to do it. Okay, that is so cool. Well, it's time for us to take our first break. This show always goes so incredibly fast. I love these interesting people we get to interview. And so we need to take a break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, and you can access it at xzbn.net and also at knowthename.com. And after the break, we're going to find out what Julie sees during a person's transition from this world. So stay tuned. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv 
SimulTV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net and Xzone Broadcast Network and on knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Julie Ryan, whose website is askjulieryan.com. Okay, Julie, this is the part of the show where we get to interpret your name. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, we're only doing a brief part of it. Okay. Your name starts off and says that you're absolutely brilliant, and you combine that with intuition. So you have both intuition and brilliance right off from the very beginning, and that anyone who knows you, even before you learned this skill, would have said, you know, she's really brilliant, and she just has all this great intuition. Um, your name also says that when somebody asks you a question, even if you didn't know the answer ahead of time, it's like magic gets downloaded, and suddenly you know the answer, and out it comes. Um, it also says that you love to be entertained and that you are entertaining so that the stories you tell or how you phrase things is very entertaining and the rest of us want to listen. And that's definitely true about the book you wrote and how wonderfully that is written. Um, your name also says that you've always had a lot of self-confidence, that you're very independent and you have this really generous heart and you just want to give and give and give. And that you have a time challenge is one of the things in your name because you're so generous in helping everybody else that at the end of the day, you're not always done with your own work. And so um, anyway, all of that is in your name. And I will tell you that from the very beginning, because of your last name, you were taught that it's really important to help this world become a better place. So those are some of the things that are in your name. Terrific. Well, all sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, would you real briefly, before we get back into what happens when somebody's dying, would you real briefly describe the orthopedic device that you created and how it's used? Sure. Uh, the two best known products that I've invented, and I've been in, I've been a co-inventor on several, but the two best known ones are, the first one is called a disposable auto transfusion device for total joint surgery, which translated into understandable English means... When somebody gets a new knee or hip or shoulder joint, the bones bleed post-op, and the, the blood that those bones bleed flows into my device that I invented. When it's full, we put a filter on it, turn it upside down, and put the patient's own whole blood back into them. So it gives them plasma and white blood cells and all the other goodies. When you get a unit of blood Sharon from the, the hospital or the Red Cross, they spin blood into a bunch of different products. And normally patients only get red cells. But what we found is that when the patient gets their own whole blood back, it really helps them heal faster. So that's the, the first well-known product. The second one is called the BASS, B-A-S-S, -S, like the fish. 
and that is a um, a product that's used in wet surgeries like arthroscopies where they use a lot of irrigation fluid and all that irrigation fluid is on the floor and it's contaminated because it's coming out of the the patient's shoulder or or knee normally. I'm talking 40, 50, 60 liters of fluid. And so the people in the OR can slip and fall on it. I mean, it's just disgusting. So the bass is a big mat and it's um, made out of closed cell foam, has tubing snaked in it, has a polyfiber uh, lid on it and it collects the fluid, keeps it from splashing and then it's evacuated off into suction canisters and the bass stands for the big ass suction system. And, <laughs> and, great. and I got I got that trademarked and real quickly how I came up with that name when I had a prototype in the operating room in Nashville actually, this Bubba of an orthotech looked at me and he said, Lady, this is one big ass suction system. Y'all need to call this thing the bass. And so <laughs> I did. <laughs> and and it's the name is trademarked. Oh, you know what? It seems so contradictory almost that here you have this incredible scientific background and able to do these medical things, and then you're being an intuitive over here. It seems like it's so two different sides of the brain. How do you put them together? Well, I don't have a scientific background. I have a degree in communication from The Ohio State University, and uh, I don't have a scientific background at all. I just was in the medical supply business for a long time and then um, got just had people come up to me all the time and say, this is such a pain when this happens in the operating room or when this happens in the um, neonatal intensive care unit or whatever, and um, can you help us solve this problem? And then I would come up with, a, with an idea and, uh, and then bring in, I would hire engineers to help me do it. But all of the industries that I've been in, Sharon, I didn't know anything about any of them. I was talking mm-hmm. to somebody earlier this afternoon, and she wants to be an entrepreneur, and I said, well, you know how to read. I mean, you can learn anything you want if it's interesting to you, and that's what I've done, including the medical intuitive and psychic stuff. Yeah, well, that's that J at the beginning of your name for your brilliance. Okay, so now we want to get down to this death part. Have you found that most people are afraid of death? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Petrified. So when have you noticed that something happens and then people get unafraid of death? Is it a common thing? Not necessarily. I think uh, that when we're working with somebody or we're um, friends with somebody or we have a family member who's dying, part of the reason why it's so scary is it makes us face our own mortality. And we don't really think about it until we're, thrown into the middle of a situation where someone we love or care about is dying. And I think that's the scariest part is, oh, my gosh, what's next? What's going to happen? And is that going to happen for me? And we've been so inundated with um, religion and even the entertainment industry, you know, has everybody afraid of what the heck's going to happen? And evil spirits and all that stuff. And it just doesn't exist. It's all been been formulated to control the masses throughout history, I believe, by um, religions and also uh, organized religion and also by, um, you know, the Roman Empire and, gosh, goes on and on and on. And then I think it's been formulated and really enhanced in the entertainment industry to put rear ends in the seats in the movie theaters, all the Halloween series and all the other scary movies out there and also in the publishing industry and now the television industry as well. So, so you talk about the death and the process of dying and in detail what you see in Angelic Attendance, your wonderful book that's quite humorous and interesting and entertaining the whole way through it. At the same time, it's educational. Would you give us a small glimpse of what you see when someone's about to die? Sure. When we are dying or one of our loved ones, when any, anybody is dying, the spirit exits the body through the top of the head and it hangs onto the top of the head and it looks like a cartoon caption bubble, Sharon, you know, like where the thoughts of the cartoon character or what they're saying, those are encapsulated in a cartoon bubble. And then the person's closest maternal parental relatives show up their spirits and they and they're at the foot of the the patient if the patient's lying in a bed 
And and then the next phase is they're surrounded by a circle of angels. And these are big old angels, Sharon, there as I see them there, six to seven feet tall. They all look the same. And as the person gets closer and closer to death, that circle of angels opens into various stages of a horseshoe. Other family and friends spirits come to, I call them the Welcome to Heaven Committee. And then near the latter stages, there is a vortex that forms above the person's head, and it has an upward pull that helps the spirit evacuate from the body. It reminds me of going through a car wash and you get to the end and the dryer's, you know, sucking all the water off the top of your car. And uh, it feels like that. It's just an upward pull. It looks like a funnel cloud, like a tornado cloud. And that's what helps separate the spirit from the body. And then that spirit is escorted by angels to heaven, what I call heaven. So it's very much what the there's a prayer said at the end of every catholic funeral roman catholic funeral called in paradisum that talks about the angels and your loved ones will greet you and lead you into paradise and the best i can figure from my research sharon is that that originated in about the fifth century and it started as a gregorian chant and i have often thought boy whoever that monk was that wrote that chant was seeing what i see in my mind's eye when somebody is dying Now, I've talked with different physicians, and they said that it's always a privilege to be at somebody's bedside when they're dying, because you can see a light leaving from the head going up, and that also the body then weighs, I'm trying to think exactly what they said, like three ounces less or something, or it's three pounds less than what it did before the the evacuation of the body. And I don't believe I've ever heard that. That's fascinating. Yeah, I've, I've heard that repeatedly when I've asked questions about people dying and what the physicians feel or see, you know, when, when somebody's there. Did your own belief systems influence what you see around death, do you think? Oh, certainly they influence how things appear to me, uh, you know, how angels appear and how spirit guides appear and all of that. It doesn't mean that's what they really look like. It means that's how they appear to me because I can identify who they are based on my you know, my life and my training um, and growing up, certainly. Okay, well, it's time for us to take another break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. This show is dedicated to a vision of possibilities. After the break, we're going to find out about some of the different things that Julie Ryan has seen while assisting people. You're listening to an X-Zone broadcast network, and this can also be heard on knowthename.com. Stay tuned. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. N.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on X-Zone Broadcast Network and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Julie Ryan, a businesswoman, an inventor, a medical intuitive, and whose website is Ask Julie Ryan. So it's Ask, spelt the normal way, A-S-K. Julie is J-U-L-I-E, and Ryan is R-Y-A-N.com for AskJulieRyan.com. Julie, how did being able to see other forms of energy change your life? Great question. I think that probably the most profound way it's changed my life is for me to be uh, less um, rigid. I think I think it softened me in a lot of ways. As a businesswoman, I'm used to dealing with business plans and measurables and spreadsheets and, you know, marketing forecasts and jazz like that. And, uh, and I think it softened a lot of that because so much of it really doesn't matter in the big scope of things because our lives are just an adventure. And I think at this stage of the game, when people say, well, what's my life's purpose? I think your life's purpose is to be happy and spread joy. Well, that's basically it. And there's, <laughs> there's so many forks in the road, and when people get get all stressed out about something, and I even tell myself this at times, you know, if I'm feeling stressed, which I don't feel that much stress anymore after doing this for 25 years, but um, I tell them when we feel stressed, it's because we're looking too far in advance. And our human brains don't have the capacity to envision all of the different variables that are going to come into play that can affect the outcome. And so I tell people, okay, so back it way up and follow the yellow brick road. You're interested in something, you take a step. The next step's going to be illuminated to you. You take that step, and then the next step's going to become apparent. You take that step instead of trying to think of how this is going to play out in the long run. I I also think that all of us will agree that we envision something happening a certain way because we want something, and perhaps we get whatever it is we want, but there's no way it transpires in the manner in which we've envisioned initially. 
And so I think the more we can be comfortable with that, that it's an adventure and it's just it's going to happen and stay focused on what you want the end result to be, it makes it way more fun and way more of an adventure. You know, that's interesting because when I was in fourth grade, I remember we read some story, but it caused me to think that maybe there was no such thing as a lie, that anything we said was yet truth yet to be revealed or lived, and that if we stated it, then we would have to bring that to us because therefore there would never be any lies. I think that's really profound, especially during Lent. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Julie, our church church is is doing a a penance service. So I'll have to let them know that, you know, that you're, (laughs) you're (laughs) I remember thinking that as a kid going, there's not really anything such as a lie. It's just something we haven't experienced yet. And we're just seeing it ahead of time. And it's going to be the truth later on down the road. Well, that's a great way to put it. I also think there aren't any mistakes in life. I think it's all part of the learning curve and part of the adventure. And it just, there can be many forks in the road And that's just all part of the adventure of having a human experience. See, and I always thought that mistakes were simply errors that were left uncorrected. Perhaps. You know, who knows, right? Um, You know, you studied the Kabbalistic program, even though, to my understanding, you're not Jewish. So what tempted you or, or brought you into the pathway that you went for Jewish mysticism when there's so many other forms of mysticism out there? Well, primarily because I had heard and read in several different uh, in several different times, I guess, at several different times, that the healing modalities with uh, Kabbalistic healing or Kabbalistic intuitive work are so powerful that they're only they're, they're not written. They're only passed orally by rab- from rabbi to rabbi, and back in the day, you had to be a male. Only mm-hmm. rabbis were male back then, over 40 and married. And so it was only an oral tradition. The other things that I had heard was that uh, were that a lot of the um, healings that Jesus did that talks about in the New Testament, that the New Testament talks about, were different skill sets that he learned before. You know, the New Testament really picks up when he's what, like in 30, I think, or something. But he, I think, was in Egypt and really traveled a lot. And I had read in, so, in several different um, articles and stories that he was taught those modalities and methodologies. And so that was fascinating to me. I wanted to see, okay, how can this complement the energy healing that I've studied and obviously have started to witness and, and participate in and how can this enhance it? And Kabbalah is more about balance. You've got the, you know, what we perceive as good and what we, what we perceive as perhaps not good or not desirable, but there's got to be a balance between the two. The other thing that fascinated me about it too, Sharon, and going back to your right brain, left brain question earlier, is the left side of the body represents our feminine side and the right side of the body represents the masculine side. And when I first started seeing what was happening when people were transitioning, I call it the 12 phases of transition. It's interesting to me that the mother is always on the left side of the patient and the father is always on the right side. So um, they correlate with what I learned in the Kabbalistic healing. See, that is interesting. The missing years, whatever, when in the Bible, Jesus disappears after he's 12 and he disappears until he's 30. Those missing years are beautifully represented in Eugene Whitworth's book, Nine Faces of Christ. And what I found very interesting is that, if I recall correctly, um, every single time that Yeshua ben Joseph did a miracle, usually there was Mary and Martha, but there were always two women there with him supplying energy and assisting he never did a miracle without two women assisting well there you go it's that balance you know the yin and the yang yang. yeah interesting so how does a scan for a pet differ from scanning a person it doesn't differ much i uh connect with the pet energetically i close my eyes it's like i've got a big screen tv in my head and I'll shoot energy into them, and I, and I see 
medical conditions. I can see broken bones and torn ligaments and all kinds of things. And then uh, if the pet is dying, I'll see their spirit at the top of their head on in a bubble, much like we see with much like I see with a human that's transitioning, but they're not surrounded by angels like humans. I don't see the vortex form above a pet's head when they're dying, um, but I can communicate with the pet telepathically, and that comes in handy when the owner has questions about what's going on with the pet and what the pet's wishes are, even if they're considering euthanizing them, you know, if they've got something really seriously wrong with them or they're in a lot of pain or whatever. And that comes in handy too for owners. Yeah. So you can scan pets, you can scan people, you can scan um, individuals or talk with them after they've crossed over to the other side. So how can you tell from looking at a person, whether they're alive, if somebody asks about a person and you don't know whether they're alive or dead, how can you tell when you're scanning them, whether they're on this plane, earth plane, or whether they're on a different plane? Oh, interesting question. I guess I'm asked to scan people who are alive, and uh, and I do see spirits of alive people around other people who are alive at times. I've seen that. Not very often, but every once in a while. And that's usually when a person is kind of has a foot in each reality, the non-physical and the physical. But the the body has so much mass to it that the energy is is way more dense. And when I when I'm scanning somebody who's alive, I see a hologram of them in my head. I I laugh and I say it's kind of like in Star Trek when they'd say beam me up, Scotty, and Captain Kirk's body would turn into kind of a hologram of himself. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what the spirit looks like. And that's what I'm connecting to with somebody who's still alive in human form. I'm connecting with their spirit. My spirit's conversing and connecting with their spirit. Similarly to Sharon, when I'm scanning somebody who's alive and they want to talk to a deceased loved one or they want to talk to their spirit guides or whatever, those spirit guides look like holograms of people. So oh, that's okay. how I can tell it's a spirit versus somebody's body. Does that okay. make sense? Yes, it does. So since you can see past lives, how can you tell whether the person you're scanning, you're scanning a current lifetime or a previous one? That's a question that is going to take a couple minutes to answer. So do you want to wait until after the break and I can answer that question? Um, you want to start? Well, yeah. just give us one idea and then we'll continue after the break. How's that? Okay, how I scan people's past lives is I envision myself walking down this endless hallway, and it has about 30-foot ceilings on it, and it has 12 by 12 mirrors, individual mirrors that line both sides of this wall, this, this uh, okay. narrow. We, okay, we need to take a break. We need to take our last break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and Zone Broadcast Station and knowthename.com. After the break, we're going to find out what Julie Ryan has in her name that has assisted her that you might have in your name as well. Stay tuned. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. 
Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Julie Ryan, who's developed her talents in the area of being a psychic and a medical intuitive after having been a highly successful businesswoman. You can reach Julie via her website, askjulieryan.com. Okay, Julie, right before the break, we are starting on since you can see past lives. How can you tell whether you're scanning a current lifetime or a previous one? And you were telling us you're going down a column or an aisle or a, something that looked like that and, and a hallway. And keep going, please. Right. So it's this narrow hallway, has 12 by 12 inch mirrors, square mirrors that line the floor to the ceiling on both sides. So I'll ask a question like, Tell me about uh, any past lifetimes of Sharon's where she was uh, an artist. And then these mirrors that correspond with that question will come out from the wall, almost like there's a hydraulic arm behind them. And then I'll say, show me the one that most pertains to Sharon's current lifetime. That one will come out the furthest. And then I envision myself walking into that mirror and I'm shown a scene and I'm given the dates and times and where you were and what happens. And then we figure out what the correlation is. Invariably, there'll be some nuances or some aspects of the past life that that you will say, oh, my gosh, that's so much like what I've experienced in this lifetime and what I'm living now. It's really fascinating. You know, that's interesting that you would pick an, an art thing. I once had a dream where I was walking down a hallway and there were mirrors and, and I looked into this one mirror, just a dream in my head. And I looked into this one mirror and, um, I was the one assigning the artist in Rome who was going to paint what and told Leonardo da Vinci what he had to paint in that ceiling in the Sistine Chapel. Anyway, it was just a dream of mine. Anyway, you know, we have, we have interesting art dreams or, you know, whatever dreams, right. Um, in your book, in your book, you focused on, um, a particular outcome that the when you were when you were trying to do scanning and you were you were seeing a particular outcome that the energy seemed to stop. 
you know, it didn't flow anymore. So what did you do to not focus on an outcome, but instead to allow the flow to continue? Wow. Can you say more? I'm not, that's not coming to mind off the top of my head. Um, in your book, when I was reading it, it was, this one was toward the center of the book or toward the beginning, um, that when you were focusing on an expected outcome, you thought, well, these steps are going to lead to that one. And so you would jump ahead to that outcome that you realized that the flow would stop and that you weren't receiving any information anymore. And that instead it was really important for you not to have a predetermined outcome in your head. So I was wondering on how did you train yourself to not want to jump ahead or to see what would appear to be the logical steps of these things that would end up that way. And instead let spirit guide you down the pathway to see what really would happen or did happen. Well, that goes back to what we discussed earlier, which is not to get too ahead of myself because that's what causes stress and it just, it just cuts off the flow. And then the other thing I think being a person who's just, I'm just naturally curious about everything. My husband affectionately refers to me as an information suck. (laughs) He's like, oh my gosh, she's such an information suck. But I'm genuinely interested in how do things work? What, what's the background? What's the story? What's whatever. And uh, so over the years, I've just, I've just trained myself to go with the flow and, and it's so much fun, Sharon, because everyone's different. Everybody's life pattern is different. Everybody's spirituality is different. Uh, it's so interesting how these skills that I've developed help people, especially families who have either a young person, maybe a baby or a child that can't communicate what's going on with them, either physically or emotionally or perhaps an elderly person, or perhaps somebody that's been injured and they're in a coma or something like that. And uh, military people, I talk to their family members all the time. Uh, you know, can you check on my son or my daughter who's deployed? Can you let me know that they're okay? Can you? What can you tell me? You know about that? Can you? Can you reassure me that they're okay <laughs> and they're and they're gonna come home? Well, I can tell you what's going on at this moment in time. But things in the future, again, have so many variables that come into play. The person's free will, other people's free will with whom they're, they're interacting, that there are, are just a bazillion scenarios that can happen. So I always preface everything with, here's what I can tell you at this moment in time. If we do this two days from now, it may be totally different. Okay. You mentioned healings in your book. And... And once you're able to see a healing or you're doing a healing uh, take place for somebody, how long does it usually take to land on that person or take effect? Is there a set time or is it really a variable? It's very much uh, it, very, all across the board. It, and so much, it, it all depends on the person who's receiving the healing, how open they are to receiving it and how it plays into what their life's path is. I've had situations, there's always 100% of the time an energetic healing that occurs when I'm working on somebody in a medical capacity. And, uh, and so I've seen situations and heard of situations where clients have, there's been a healing that's occurred, and then they go have another set of x-rays or MRIs or whatever, and they're different on the scans. And that really freaks the doctors out. That's really pretty funny. Oh, I was going to say, I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I the love that. Are, you know, the doctors are saying, what? And then, and then uh, I've had a couple of clients say, yeah, I was w- working with this woman who was doing voodoo medicine on me. And the doctors <laughs> said, well, good. Tell her to continue. And then, and then there, there are some that, uh, you know, that healing is death. And it's escaping from the whatever they're going through, whether it be pain or or whatever and uh i i laugh my mother when somebody was in pain and their family would say you know i almost just wish that they'd go because they're suffering so much and my mother used to go to church and light a candle we we started teasing her and saying we you know are you going to go light a killer candle (laughs) and and, uh, i think sometimes that that's that's the family's prayer for a loved one who's really suffering yeah you get them out of suffering 
you know, there isn't anything else that can be done. And the healing really is they go ahead and transition and go to heaven and they're out of pain. So Marlo Morgan in her book, The Mutant Messages Down Under, took a long walk with the Aborigines in Australia. And she learned that they could communicate telepathically. And after being with them enough t- a long enough time, she could too. Is that part of what you do also? It's absolutely what I do. It's communicate telepathically with people's spirits, both alive and dead. Because the spirit is everlasting. And so when I'm scanning somebody who's alive in human form, I will, can, as I mentioned before, my spirit connects with their spirit. And we communicate uh, telepathically. Same thing when somebody's dying or somebody is unable to communicate on their own. And also with, with uh, spirits who are in non-physical form. It's all telepathic communication. And to your point, the Aborigines have been doing it for millennia. I mean, yeah, across it, vast different vast distances, thousands of miles. And, uh, and so it's, it's been done for forever. And I think as we, as a society, regardless of where you live in the world, as we've become more educated and more scientifically based, Sharon, I think we've mm-hmm. we've tamped down or or basically disregarded our intuitive capabilities. And everybody, as we talked about at the beginning, has the ability to enhance their innate abilities for doing all of this. Okay, in about thirty seconds or around there. Uh, could you answer this one? In one of your blogs on your website, you stated to a lady that breast cancer is happening for her and not to her. Mm-hmm. Would you address that? I think everything happens for us. And it gives us the opportunity, especially with cancer patients, and especially with female cancer patients, they're normally um, very good at giving and very bad at receiving. And when somebody gets really sick, like with breast cancer or some other illness, they're almost forced to receive. And so if you think of the women in your life that you know that have had breast cancer or some other kind of GYN cancer, those women normally fit the profile of taking care of everybody and their brother and really being uncomfortable when somebody's trying to do something for them. Okay, I want to thank you for being with us. This went so quickly and it was such a delight to have you with us. Thank you, Julie, for joining us. Okay, guys, be prepared and pleased when you experience Julie Ryan's work. Her website, again, is AskJulieRyan.com. Julie's name excels at being able to use her intuition and combine this with her practical and brilliant side. This is found in the letter combination J-U. If your name has a J-U combination in it, then you, too, have this propensity towards this ability. Do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt host of the radio show Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can be heard every weekday at various hours right here at xzbn.net radio and Zone Broadcast Network and on the schedule page at knowthename.com. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways that other people have discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. And in each show, you'll also hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. And if this is Sharon Wyatt, Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. 
Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.